What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Another good one for you today. A lot of little news coming out about the Warriors today. DeMarcus Cousins scrimmages again. All-star voting came out. Some news about a couple of former Golden State Warriors and a relatively big game against the Houston Rockets tonight. All that coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome in to Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's happening? Welcome back. Another good episode today. A lot of little things happened in the world of the Golden State Warriors over the last 24 hours. None of them earth-shattering, but I wanted to touch on a couple of them, and uh, and then we'll we'll get to the Houston game uh, tonight's game against Houston in the next segment. But let's start with some of the smaller things. And I know this isn't directly affecting the Warriors because he's not on the Warriors anymore. But Pat McCaw made his debut for the Cleveland Cavaliers last night. Inauspicious, didn't do much, you know, two points in about 18 minutes. And yes, it's his first first run with the Cavs. And as I've said, once January 7th comes around and his contract is guaranteed for this year, that's the thing. It only guarantees this year, not next year. So maybe I'll have to wait till next January 7th, January 7th, 2020, to really know if he made the right choice or not. But once this one hits in about five days, four days, whatever it is, that's when I'll say, you know what? All right, I, you, you did good. Or you did okay, actually. Because not only did he make it to the Cavs, which he wants a bigger role and all that stuff, but they're the Cavs. They got whooped up last night, 117 to 92. 25 point loss. And I know you're getting a bigger role, or you think you are, you're making a little more money, but at a certain point, those 25 point losses are going to, they're going to suck. They're going to hurt. But what I wanted to say was he, we heard he wants a bigger role. He wants to play more point. He wants the ball more. He looked like Golden State Warriors Pat McCaw last night. Of course, things can change. I'm actually intrigued by the situation to see if he gets what he wants. But that first game return, it's he he's doing he's playing the Pat McCaw role on the worst team in the league instead of playing the Pat McCaw role on the best team in the league. So, good luck. I wish you the best. Blah, blah, blah. So I wanted to get that out there because that was interesting to me. I was watching last night because I wanted to see what happened. I mean, right when he checked in, turnover off his hands. And he hasn't been playing for a while. I don't know. I don't want to go too hard on him, but I am interested to see how this all works out. Moving on to something that has nothing to do with Pat McCaw and probably never will have anything to do with Pat McCaw. All-star voting. Does that mean too, man? I, You know, I'm sorry. It's just, you know. Is he going to be an all-star one day? I don't think so. So anyways, all-star voting came out today. Number one in all-star votes, you will be surprised to know, is LeBron James. I believe two is Steph. KD's in there somewhere. 
anyways, they're all in there. The ones that you would expect, Steph, KD, Luka Doncic is in there. Derek Rose is also in there. I don't know. That that one might even itself out eventually. But Clay and Draymond are currently on the outside looking in. And that's probably how it's going to be. I think they, the Warriors will only have two All-Stars this year. Part of that is the poor play of Clay Thompson. The other part is Draymond was hurt and hasn't been playing well. I mean, that's just what it is. And that was the biggest knock or way I could describe their play the first couple months was I don't think they're going to be all-stars unless Clay goes on an absolute tear over the next two weeks. I I don't know. I I don't see it happening, but Steph KD, they're going to be in no question about it. Steph's leading all Western conference guards, I I guess in, in votes. And here's the other thing. This is the first return on votes. There's still another, I don't know, what is today? Another 18 days. So uh, voting ends on the 21st. And then there's also, what is it, players and media or coaches and media also uh, have votes as far as the starters go. So it's not a big deal, but something that came out today, definitely worth mentioning at least. And nothing too crazy. I mean, Steph and KD are going to be all-stars. They're going to be starters. Probably one. Probably isn't even news. Probably shouldn't have even talked about it. But there you go. I think the most pressing news, the biggest news for the Warriors is DeMarcus Cousins going through another five-on-five scrimmage today. It is the second one in, I think, three days. And things are looking good. That's a positive, positive development for sure. We're past December, obviously, so the the predictions of certain people that he would be back mid-December, incorrect. My initial prediction was mid-January, and I'm still sticking to that, especially now as the uh, workouts are ramping up, that he's doing five-on-five semi-regularly now. My initial thought was mid-January, and there's a a nice little landing spot for him coming up. But it is on the road, and here's the other thing. It's, look, it's tough no matter what. It's tough no matter what, no matter when you play. But a couple of dates I would look at, and I think the problem is, I think the ones I'm seeing right now are just a little too soon. Just a little too soon. The Knicks on January 8th, and then they play the Bulls on January 11th. Now, if he is healthy enough to go, man, that is a great soft landing spot for him. You play the Knicks on the 8th and go up against what? A friggin' canter? I don't like, please. And actually, these are at home. So on the 8th, you would play the Knicks, go up against canter, and that's a Tuesday night. And then you would have Wednesday and Thursday off. And then you play the Bulls on Friday. Going up against, you know, Wendell Carter, Robin Lopez, whatever. It's the, No offense to Robin Lopez. I hope he's a warrior eventually. But look, going up against the Bulls, those are that's a pretty nice stretch to come back to. After that, they play the Mavs, Nuggets, Pelicans, Clippers, Lakers, Wizards, Celtics, Pacers, Sixers, Lakers, Spurs. Damn, that's a, that's a rough like eight game stretch right there. But the the truth is it doesn't matter who he comes back against. 
if that's something you're factoring in, that would be a good time to come back to play. But I, you know, it might, it might just be too early. It might just be a little too early. And again, they're not going to force it back to, to, so he can play against two bad teams instead of waiting until he's hundred percent healthy. But either way, now I'm just kind of going off randomly. Looks like a good spot for him to return. That's only, what, five days away, so I kind of doubt it. Maybe they wait until that the 11th when they take on the Bulls. That still might be too too soon. That's a week away or so. So, anyways, just a thought I had. Either way, it's getting close. And in the New Year's resolutions pod I did, I had DeMarcus playing 30-plus games. And for him to do that, he would have to come back by February 2nd. But that is also assuming he would play every single game which he won't. There's going to be games that they're going to give him off because he's coming back from an Achilles tear. So really, you would have to add a couple more games in there. So for him to get 30-plus games, I would think by the 21st against the Lakers, the MLK uh, MLK Day game. But, again, none of that matters. The only thing that matters is that he gets back to 100% healthy. And the fact he's going 5-on-5 five five again today is a positive step towards that. Uh, Anthony Slater reported a lot of young players, and uh, I think Michael Thompson, Clay Thompson's brothers there, and some of the coaches. So they're trying to get him some some good work, not just the you know five on five against you know your five ten assistant coach or trainer or something. So hopefully these are these are we're getting there. We're getting close. All right, we're getting real close. Last thing I wanted to mention, which is kind of. I don't know about interesting. Maybe you guys don't care. But Memphis Grizzlies have been struggling recently. And apparently Garrett Temple, they had a... wasn't even players-only meeting. Coaches were in there too. They had a team meeting where it got contentious and Garrett Temple and Omri Caspi got into a physical altercation. Which is interesting because, you know, having worked with the Kings the last couple years, or their broadcast team at least on on the broadcasts, Garrett Temple is you know, perfect citizen type player, team leader. Everyone loves him. The the guy you go to. And then learning about Armory Caspi last year, especially after he left that he started to rub people the wrong way. I don't know if, if look from, you know, 30,000 feet away, whatever the term is, you know, I'm not there. I don't know what happened, but just from seeing what I, what I've seen over the last couple of years, maybe it's Armory's fault. Maybe Omri had this coming. Who knows? I'm sure some Warriors players saw it and kind of nodded their head like, yeah. Yep. That's Omri. Again, I don't know. These are all reports that I get second, third hand. But uh, I just thought it was interesting. Former Warrior Omri Caspi getting in a fight with Garrett Temple. That's all I got. I just thought it was interesting. You know what else is interesting? Warriors taking on the Houston Rockets tonight. Going to break that day game down. Coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. Charles T. Hamilton. What up? What's good? Warriors taking on the Rockets tonight. Rockets have been on a tear ever since. Well, not ever since, but recently. After Chris Paul went down, James Harden took back over, and he's doing James Harden things. And I don't just mean the free throws. I'm going to make fun of him for that. Don't worry. But 
he's he's playing damn well. He's playing MVP level basketball. They've what what won like nine out of their last ten, I think. Ten of their last eleven. Excuse me. And James Harden is the biggest part of that. You know, you might get a better game out of Eric Gordon or something like that. PJ Tucker, but it's it's James Harden. It is James Harden. Daniel House is playing for them, which is interesting, but he's not. He's playing fine, but he's not playing great. I like how what am I trying to he, he still can't shoot the three. And that's the biggest thing that they need. That's the biggest thing the Warriors needed from him uh, when he was with them in training camp and he just couldn't knock him down. I wish him the best. But Alfonso McKinney was the right choice out of those two when it came to a roster spot. Anyways, I'm very interested to see how Clay Thompson does against James Harden tonight because he will get the bulk of the time defending him. Clay was asked about the frustration with the fouls and how defenders continue to fall for it and what makes James Harden so good at doing that. Here's what Clay had to say on that, plus a number of other topics. Uh, he just shows you the ball, and as a defender, that's real, looks real good, and then he snatches it quickly away, and you're reaching for wrist instead of ball most of the time, so there's a huge part of staying disciplined and not even attempting to go for the steal, but just try to make him score over you because it looks like it's right there for you, but then he moves it real quick, and you'll have all wrist before you know it. You said you respect it. Do you think everybody in the league respects? I don't know if they do, but it gets, gets good results. And he's, you know, his scoring numbers are incredible. So you, it's almost like you have to because of the results. His production is incredible. Yeah, when you see his production, it's like averaging 40 points a game in the last 10 games. What goes through your mind? How far is that? It's hard, but it's his role. You know, they don't have the deepest team this year, so... He's got to put the team on his back as far as, you know, harness the scoring mode. And, um, you know, playing a guy who averages such high numbers, you, you're settling for 25 to 30 if he scores that many instead of 40. So you can't get discouraged if he's make shots. That's what he's been doing for his whole career. What's the frustration level when you're the primary defender, but a lot of times they just try to drag you away and get him on either a big or somebody else? Well, that's on you. you got to fight through the screens. you got to communicate with your teammates it's easy just to you know succumb to the switch but you gotta fight through it as hard as you can you shot 27 free throws the other night can you even conceive of yourself ever shooting 27 free throws in one game no <laughs> maybe like 15 if I'm looking for that. that's a lot of trips in the line that's nice is there any goal personally for you like this guy's not gonna drop 40 plus on me no just get the win no one remembers what you do unless you win. I guess what is your anticipation level for a game like this? The best competitors want to play, the best guys. You know, like I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you, Clay. Right, no problem. There's Clay Thompson. I, I had to leave that last part in because I thought it was hilarious. Just classic Clay. You know how? What, what, what's your anticipation for tonight's game against you know James? I'm excited. Just Clay. Clay's the best man. Clay is the best. Uh, I thought he had some interesting things to say there when it came to James Harden when asked about the foul hunting and things like that. And if people across the league respect it, respect him, he said, I don't know if they do, but bottom line, the results are the results. 
You know, I don't know if people respect it, like that he hunts fouls the way he does, but you can't argue with the numbers that he puts up and the fact that he does get to the line all the time. Uh, When asked about, you know, pride and not letting Harden go for 40, Clay was just, you know, get the win. That's all that matters. And I also like the fact that when it came to, you know, is it frustrating about when you're locked up on, on Harden, you know, they just run a switch to try and get, you know, a big or Steph or someone uh, switched on him. And Clay just took responsibility that it's his responsibility to fight through the screen and stay stay defending him. So I thought it was interesting stuff from Clay. He's always interesting to me. I, I think you guys feel the same. Clay is a cult hero in these parts uh, of Warriors fandom. One other thing about Clay that I will say, I mentioned I don't think, I mean, well, he's not an all-star. At this moment, he's not an all-star. Things can change. He can go on an epic tear uh, for the next two weeks and maybe slip in there. But for the most part, he's not an all-star. But what I do think is going to happen this year for the first time in his career, I do think he'll finally make an all-league, all-defensive team, which should have happened already. And it's a crime that it hasn't. But I do think this is the year that he does it because he's starting to get some of those flashier defensive numbers uh, that, you know, matter. The steals, the blocks, the rebounds. And I know people rebounding isn't defense. Defensive rebounding can be factored in there. And I think it's ridiculous that people look at those stats as more telling about someone's defense than, you know, their defensive rating or defensive plus minus, blah, 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 all that stuff. It'd be like looking at someone scoring and thinking, oh, well, you know, Russell Westbrook's putting up 20 points a game. Yeah, but he's shooting 22% from three and like 30-something percent from the field. Like, efficiency matters. You can't just look at these overall stats and think that, you know, oh, because so-and-so has a bunch of steals, he must be a good defender. No, it means he gambles a lot and is probably out of position a lot. There's other aspects to the defensive side of the ball than the only defensive stats that are out there. So anyways, going off on another rant there, sorry. Also a funny way for me to mention, you guys see Westbrook won 3 of 20 last night? Jesus. Yikes. Anyways, uh, (laughs) Clay, so I mentioned I think he'll get all defense this year. But on top of that, for tonight, yes, the most important part is how he defends James Harden. I would also like to see him continue his consistency that we've seen through two games now uh, as far as his offensive game goes, specifically the three-point shooting. He was 2 of 4 last game, 4 of 5 the game before that. Can he continue that? Can he continue some 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 form of consistency? I don't need him to continue to shoot 66%, although that would help get his average his uh percentage up a lot quicker, but some sort of consistency as far, as far as his offense is concerned, especially the three-point shooting, and we'll see tonight if not tonight it's a little more understandable, a little more forgivable if he's playing good defense on Harden. Like, that's probably his main role for tonight. His main objective is to play good defense on James Harden. But what the hell? You Why not play good offensively, too? You know, why limit yourself? Uh, other matchups for tonight. Jordan Bell had a great game last, uh, last game against Phoenix. I'd love to see if he can do it again. This is a good matchup for him. As I mentioned before, when Jordan Bell was playing poorly... Oddly enough, the second rounder who can't find the, the court in the regular season might be important in the playoffs because of his switchability, because of his defense, his, his ability to uh, defend on the perimeter. 
and this will be a game that kind of plays to his strengths. So I want to see, can he continue to play well? Same thing with him. Defense is probably the most important aspect of his game tonight, but he was able to get out and run last game against Phoenix, get some alley-oops, get some fast break, easy buckets. Can he continue to do that? Because I think that's a big part of his game and what the Warriors need from him moving forward and what they were expecting from him at the start of the year. So is that something that can continue? I hope it can. Quinn Cook has gotten some looks the last couple games, and he's been knocking down threes. I think he's, what, four of six in his last two games. Not huge sample size, but when you're only asked to do that, when you're, it's tough. It's tough to come in cold and have them say, hey, knock down threes for us. But he's been able to do that the last couple games. Can that continue? I think it can. I hope he gets the opportunity. Alfonso McKinney is another guy who I think will be important tonight as well because of what he brings to this team that is different than what other people bring. He's best rebounder outside of the bigs, probably. You can throw KD in there, sure. Draymond, maybe. I think Alfonso McKinney is up there with his rebounding with the bigs and the other two, KD and Draymond. And they're going to need that because Clint Capella is a beast. Nene, say what you want. He's a big dude. P.J. Tucker, look, I'm sure Draymond would hate to hear me say that. P.J. Tucker tosses Draymond around sometimes, you know? P.J. Tucker does it to everyone. He's a bulldozer. But I think Alfonso McKinney will be important tonight. I'm just intrigued to see how it goes. The Warriors have seemed to kind of lock in a little bit the last couple games and play Warriors basketball. Can they do that again tonight? Can they be motivated for this game against the Rockets? Because there have been games that come up where I expect to see them locked in and ready to go, and they lay an egg. Christmas Day is one of them. This is a game I expect them to be locked in and ready to go. They've proven me wrong a bunch of times. So I, I don't know. I do not know. But I'm hoping that's the case. Steph, KD, obviously play like you do. Be, you know, two of the best players in the NBA uh, in the entire world and, you know, dominate, blah, blah, blah. Draymond, consistency, decisive. Let's see it. So, yeah, normal stuff. Normal stuff for these guys. Interested to see the game tonight, 7.30. I think it's on TNT, probably. Probably is. So everyone watch it, enjoy it. Got some league pass picks coming up next. And a little thought that I had as well. Uh, for the Golden State Warriors, and I'm gonna I'm gonna drop in your laps coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. Charles T. Hamilton, what up? Uh, one thing I wanted to go through real quick when it comes to the center position. I know the main options are Demarcus comes back and is an All Star. Maybe Robin Lopez gets bought out. They're able to grab him or Dwayne Dedman or whoever. But that probably won't happen for another month or so, the buyouts, because teams are going to hang on to their assets to see if they can get something for them. I don't blame them. It's a smart move. But starting January 5th, I believe it is, maybe it's the 7th, but coming up in the next week, 10-day contracts are uh, about to be allowed or you know put into gear, whatever. You can start signing players to 10-day contracts. And something I was wondering was, do you maybe throw one at Deontay Davis? who has been playing in the G League, hasn't put up great numbers or anything, but he's a guy who was a second-round pick. Damian Jones was the 30th pick in that draft. Deontay Davis went 31. Deontay Davis, Michigan State alum uh, from Michigan. I don't know if there's a relationship there with Draymond at all. Who knows? But the bottom line is he's an option, 
And is that something that they do maybe just try and shore it up in the short term? And maybe see, hey, maybe if he comes in and plays well, maybe they don't need a buyout option or anything like that. I believe you can sign a player to two 10-day contracts before you have to make a decision to either sign them for the entire season or, you know, whatever, send them back to the G League, whatever the case may be. So that's one I was thinking about. And then another one is a guy, Christian Wood, who technically, well, not technically, he is on the Bucks roster right now, but they've been sending him back and forth from the G League. And if they need a roster spot at any point, that's probably who they're going to cut. Now, he's been a monster in the G League. Uh, his last game down there when they sent him down, he had 30 and 14. He's not the big center that the Warriors need, but bottom line is he's a center. He's about 6'11", 225, which I know isn't what the Warriors quote-unquote need, but okay, fine. If you can get out there and run the floor, that works for me. That's the other thing that, that has been bugging me recently is when they're getting their asses kicked by these big centers, well, you need to use what you have that the big center doesn't. Big center's using his big body to move you around. You need to run the floor. You need to run him off the court. And so we saw that the last couple games with Jordan Bell, but will we continue to see it? Who knows? Whatever. Now I'm getting off on on different topics. But Deontay Davis, maybe you throw him a 10-day contract, see what he can do with the team uh, in this next month or so before the buyouts happen. And if a buyout happens while he's on a 10-day, fine. Deontay, you're back to the G League, and we'll take whoever. You know, Robin Lopez, whoever it is. It was just a thought I had, something I wanted to throw out there, because Deontay Davis, he's not just some random G League player. He's got NBA pedigree. He was playing for the Grizz the last two years and, you know, wasn't great, but he was a backup who averaged like six points and five rebounds. You know, he was a serviceable player. I was actually surprised that he didn't get any looks for uh, main rosters for any squad when he got uh, traded and then cut. He got traded to Sacramento and then cut from there. And the Warriors signed him to training camp to get him into G League, blah, blah, blah. Bottom line, he's a center for the Santa Cruz Warriors of the G League. Maybe you give him a look. Maybe not. Who knows? Just a thought I had. League pass picks for this evening. Only three games tonight, and they're all pretty damn good. We got Toronto at San Antonio, Denver at Sacramento, Houston at Golden State. Watch them all. I mean, honestly, this is a great night of hoops. Like, it's a great night when there's 11 games, but I think we have three pretty damn good games tonight. So check them out. I will be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Warriors, hopefully after a Warriors win, but we will see. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to talk about it tomorrow. You're on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can't climb a mountain if it's smooth, right? You got to go over the rough spots. <laughs> Peace. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs>